All right, and all God's people said amen. amen. I tell you, God has a great way of blessing you, and uh, so I'm excited about being here this morning worshiping the Lord and uh, the time that we have together to praise Him. I wonder this morning, uh, you know, we're kind of gathered here, and uh, it's just uh, a neat time to praise the Lord. Anybody have a word of praise that you just want to... Now, to do that this morning, if you want to praise the Lord, you've got to stand up. And, and give him praise. So does anybody have a reason or a desire this morning? Do you want to just stand up and maybe say a word of testimony or a word of praise about the Lord this morning? All right. Don't worry. I'll keep you separated. There you go. Thank you, Arla. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Oh, he's so good. Yep. Amen. Thank you. Anybody else have a have a word of praise or just to say, "Hey, I love you, Lord," because or anything. All right. Okay. That's good. Then thank you. Um, Why you turn your Bibles in, if you would, to Second Corinthians chapter four. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we've been focused uh, last Sunday, this Sunday, and next Sunday on thanksgiving. Reasons that we have to be thankful for. You know, last Sunday we talked about that we have a reason to thank God for His guidance in our life, that God leads us, and what an amazing thing. You know, I'm so glad that uh, in the confusion that we seem to live in today and the complexity of life that we have a God who's willing to guide us through life and uh, so I'm so thankful for that today but we're going to look at a different thing today about being thankful for God's grace God's grace aren't you so thankful for God's grace today it's amazing bow with me if you would and we'll pray and we'll come back and uh, we'll begin this morning Father in heaven we are so thankful today for your grace your grace is uh, uh, Father uh, shown to us and so many ways that, Lord, we uh, can't often begin to wrap our minds around the very thought of grace. Why would you be so graceful to us? Why would you treat us uh, with grace? But, Lord, we understand it, and we've experienced it, and we're thankful for it today. So, Lord, I pray this morning as we continue in your word, as we praise you in song, that, Lord, you would just guide us through this word. Help it to be something that draws us closer to you, a time where we're just open to your speaking to us today. And, Lord, we're going to give you thanks for it now. Praise you for it today in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as you think about the idea of being thankful, in Second Corinthians chapter 4, Paul is he's reflecting on some things. And one of those things that he's reflecting on it, and it's sometimes 
connected in the Bible. As a matter of fact, generally it's connected in Scripture and probably your own testimony is that where you find the grace of God, often you find struggles in life. So those struggles in life are, are met by the grace of God. And Paul recounts some of the things, and, and maybe one of the passages in all the Bible, or, or at least in Paul's writings, that he is really open about the pressures of persecution, about the cost of sharing the gospel, uh, about how difficult sometimes it is to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. But then at the end of that, there's always grace. Grace. And Paul kind of enumerates on that a little bit. And I'm going to go a little bit deeper in the verses of Scripture than, than John's going to project for you. Sorry about that, John. But... Um, it's the way God does things sometimes. And so he, he mentions some things that are really things that prompt the grace of God in our lives. And, and listen to what, what at verse 7 he says, But we have this treasure in earth and vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. So Paul's talking about this body that we have. Right? You guys realize that this, this body is, is an earth and treasure but the idea of earthen is that it's not very strong, is it? <laughs> that that body is weak. Have you ever broken a clay pot or ever saw one cracked? Or As a matter of fact, have you ever saw one that's not cracked? Uh, so maybe we're cracked pots, I don't know. But, but however, uh, Paul saw that and he, he saw this thing of, of our, our weakness and our human frailties that we have. But there's something in us that's excellent. That's beyond comprehension. And that's the life of Jesus Christ. He, he, he mentions that the light and the life of Jesus Christ that we have in us is excellent. Even though our, our bodies, our, our humanness may be imperfect, that there's the perfection of Jesus Christ that lives in believers. And because of that, that's an act of God's grace. He goes on in verse 8, We are, we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. Have you ever, I don't know, had any pressure in your life? Any of you ever felt overwhelmed by life? Paul says that we, we have this, but, but what does he say? And here's the grace. But we are not crushed. See, that's grace. There's pressure, but there's grace. He goes on in verse 8 and says, We are perplexed, but not in despair. How about being confused? Have you, have you ever been just kind of, I don't know what to do. And maybe in that state of, I don't know what to do, you got just a little bit discouraged. You see, Paul says, hey, I've been confused. But I'm not in despair. That's grace. In our confusion because of the complex nature of things there's the grace of God that leads us through those times without despair he says persecuted but not forsaken Paul understood that when the whole world would push him away there would be one who would embrace him that's grace persecuted Shut out, shunned. But Paul said, even though I didn't feel alone, 
Because the Bible says he'll never leave us or forsake us. That's the grace of God. He, he goes on and, 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 and even further he says, struck down but not destroyed. Have you ever felt like life's kind of smacked you down? I mean, it's knocked you to your knees. But Paul says, even though when that happened, I, I wasn't destroyed. That's grace, isn't it? Grace, the grace of God always caring about in the body of the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our bodies. Paul says, even through all that suffering, Christ is manifested to us. So then, death is working in us, but life in you. What's, that, what's he saying? He's saying, listen... We, we are being persecuted to the point of death, but because of the message of the gospel we have for you, you can live. You can live. And then that brings us to the verses I want to share with you today, verse 13 <laughs> through 15. He says, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe and therefore I speak, we also believe and therefore speak, Knowing that he who has raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace having spread through the many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. There it is, isn't it? It's that grace that causes thanksgiving to abound. You see, being thankful for the grace of God is so important. You know, as we look at this passage or these verses this morning, there's some particular things to be thankful for that are manifestations of the grace of God that I want you to see this morning. Uh, there's these responses of God to our life that cause us, and these responses that God has for us are acts of His grace, and they should prompt us to be thankful for those. Makes sense, doesn't it? God does this on our behalf, and then we do this because of God's actions on our behalf. And one of those things that Paul says here, that we ought to be thanking God for faith. For faith. Have you ever thought about Thanking God for faith? <laughs> you know, God, thank you for the faith that I have in you. But it's really important that we understand that, that even our faith is a gift from God. If you read what Paul writes in Romans, he writes about people, he writes about the lost world, which we were all a part of at one time, right? For all of sin to come short of the glory of God. Uh, for the wages of sin is death, separation from God, or the gift of God's eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. All of us were in the same boat. We were dead in our trespasses and sins, separated from God. But God came along and He began to draw us to Himself. He began to convict us about our, our lostness and He began to give us a measure of faith. And so that faith is important. Paul, Paul writes to the Romans, the, the believers there, he says, you might not remember, but I want to remind you that there was none that sought after God. None of you sought after God. Uh, there were none righteous. No, not one, he says. And so until God began to come and draw us to himself, uh, that uh, uh, we uh, responded in, in, in faith to him. So we ought to be thankful for that very thing. If you look at verse 13, he says, And since we had the same spirit of faith. He's talking about our faith. Our faith is the same. We all, as brothers and sisters in Christ, share the same kind of faith. Let me give you some similarities in, in the faith that you have and the faith that I have. 
uh, because first of all, it's the object of our faith, isn't it? If we're here today and we call ourselves a child of God, we, we came into that relationship because of our faith in God. Uh, but the scripture says, but as many as receive him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God. So the reason that we have the right to become God's children that is because we have the same faith. And the object of that faith is the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe in him. doesn't matter where we go in this world. As we run across other believers, Christians, I think about our church family in Romania, that they had the same spirit of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We may speak a different language. We may live with different customs. We have a different culture. We certainly have a different government. But... Yeah, we do. <laughs> but, but we have a similar faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and, and he's the object of that faith. And so when we, we have this universal body of Christ, the object of our faith is the Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen, something else about our faith also is the operation of our faith is the same. That it's exercised in the Lord Jesus Christ. That the operation of our faith to believe God and to trust in Him and to surrender uh, our uh, authority to Him, that's faith, isn't it? When we call Jesus Lord and when we live like He's Lord, that's the operation of our faith. It operates the same way uh, for the same objectives, the Lord Jesus Christ. So you and I may not share Uh, Many things in common, or we may share a lot of things in common, but one thing that's common about our faith is is how it operates. Uh, It operates for the glory of God. Uh, The object of it is the Lord Jesus Christ, and we have that similar, that same spirit of faith. Isn't that exciting to know that we have those things in common? Commonality, the Bible calls that thing fellowship. We fellowship in the faith. Uh, with each other. And, and then also there's the outcome of our faith that's the same. Right? We're all going to wind up together uh, because of our, our spirit of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So, oh, thank God. For, that's pretty neat, isn't it? Something to thank God for. The body of Christ. Believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. The faith. Uh, the, the same spirit of faith. And then he goes on. In verse 13, when it comes to faith, not only our, our faith uh, is the same, but our faith is revealed in Scripture. In other words, Scripture is the object of our Paul quotes Psalms uh, 116.10. And he, he says this, he says, according to what is written. He's saying, Paul, you know what Paul's saying? It's in the Bible. He says, I want to tell you something that's in the Bible. According to what is written in Scripture. And what does he do? He quotes Psalms uh, uh, 116.10. He says, I believe and therefore I spoke. That's what the psalmist said. And so Paul says, hey, I agree with the Scripture when it comes to faith. You see, our faith is in a, if it's genuine, our faith is in agreement with the Word of God. In other words, Scripture defines the parameters of our faith. What, what should be the object? How do we know that Jesus ought to be, is the object of our faith? The Bible says so. For the Bible tells me so. Uh, How do we know how faith operates? Well, it's described in the Bible. Uh, How do we know what the outcome of faith is? Well, God's revealed that to us. And so our our faith is is, uh, really revealed in Scripture. Or in other words, the 
the context of our faith is revealed in Scripture. You know, when the word faith in the Bible is used, used in a couple of different ways, it means that active faith, in other words, that's, it's kind of a verb, I faith Jesus Christ, I trust in Jesus Christ. Uh, but it's also used in the sense that it's the, it's the subject of what we believe. It's the faith. Uh, and so it becomes a noun. So it's the faith. So when I want to know what do I believe as a Christian, in other words, uh, what, what's the substance of my faith? I find it in the Word of God uh, because God gives us that uh, description of faith. Uh, and so if you want to know, hey, what should I be believing as a believer, then you find that in the Bible. And so Paul mentions that as well. So we ought to thank God for our faith, source of our faith, or understanding our faith, the Word of God. There's something else to be thankful for, right, the Bible. Uh, and then he goes on when he talks about faith. He says, our faith is for sharing. We ought to share our faith. He says, I, I, I believe, therefore I spoke. And then he goes on, and we also believe and therefore speak. Paul says, I, I tell you what I tell you because I believe what I believe. It's his story. Every one of you have a story about the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're a Christian here this morning, you had a time, a way, a surrounding, a set of circumstances, uh, certain events that happened around that time that you became a Christian. And so we need to speak that to other people. We've had things happen to us uh, since the time we became a Christian that can only be explained by God's activity in our life, right? Well, to tell that story or those stories. I found out that life's just a whole lot of short stories that you put together. You got a little story about this, a little story about that. Some of us are a little better storytellers. Some of you are a little better storytellers. Uh, and I'm not talking about embellishment, but I'm just talking about telling stories. But our life's a story. And for a Christian, it's a story about Jesus Christ. And we ought to tell it. And that's what Paul's getting at. Why? Because it's a part of our faith. And so we're thankful as believers for our faith. Let me give you a second thing that we're thankful for. Not only does Paul mention this thing of faith or thanking God for the faith, but, but also if you look at verse 14, I, he gets at thanking God for our future. Right, if you, if you ever, you know, uh, I, I really love to pray with people. And in that prayer, uh, if it's where, for their healing or for something that they're trying to make a decision about or something that they're struggling with, uh, somewhere I want to pray with them about and thank God for his answer or thank God for his healing because God's going to do that one way or the other God is going to heal all of us whether he does it here on earth or in heaven doesn't matter we're going to get healed and so because looking to the future gives us hope and so when we're praying and 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 talking to God even if it's for myself that that I'll I'll thank God for what I believe he's going to do I'll praise him in advance for what I know he's going to do. And, and so I really believe that's what Paul's getting. Listen to what he says in verse 14. He says, Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. So there, there's some really great stuff right here about the future 
First of all, there's the encouragement of the future. Paul says, knowing. In other words, he is set in his mind that this thing is going to happen in the future. And, and so he's excited about it. The resurrection. The resurrection is the hope of every believer. I don't have to convince you guys of that. We're looking forward to one day where our bodies are going to be resurrected. If you're not excited about that, just, just stand up and stretch for a minute and, and, and feel what it feels like. Move around just for a second and see if it's not exciting to think about a new body. Right? And so that's the encouragement that we have of the future. Why do we need an in, a future encouragement? Because we've got present struggles. We live in today... And sometimes today can be difficult, but what lifts those burdens is, is the hope of tomorrow Amen. that we have in Jesus Christ. And so there's that encouragement, right? I, you know, I can look around and say, hey, it may be hard today, but tomorrow's coming, you know? There's a, a, a great preacher from several years ago now. I heard him live, so I'm not going to tell you how long ago, but... But his name was Dr. E.V. Hill. And boy, was he a powerful preacher. And he had kind of a signature message that he preaches. And, and over and over in his message, he'd repeat this line, Today's Friday, but Sunday's coming. In other words, Jesus was crucified on Friday, but Sunday's coming. And that's the hope of the message that we have. It may be Friday today. But Sunday's coming. Sunday's coming. And that's the encouragement that we have of our future. We ought to be thankful to God for our future. He goes on and not only mentions encouragement or the idea of encouragement, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus Christ, but there's the evidence of the future, isn't it? I mean, it's all over that. Raised up the Lord Jesus Christ will also raise us up with Jesus. There, how do we know we're going to be resurrected? Because Jesus was. How can we have so much confidence that we're going to be raised from the dead? Because Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. The empty tombs, the evidence that you and I are going to be raised. That we have eternal life. And so Paul mentions that. So when we think about the future, if we're living in today thinking about the future, we've got solid proof that we're going to be raised. And things are going to be better. And we can be encouraged by that as well. Well... Not only that, but he, he alludes to something just kind of slightly. But it's the events of the future. What's going to happen in that future resurrection? Well, one thing I know is going to happen because Paul says so. And, and we'll present us with you. What's Paul talking about? Well, Paul might have been saying, well, I may go before you, but we're all going to get there together. Or we're all going to be together. See, sometimes that's the sadness of our life is that some go before we go. And sometimes we go before others go. But listen, the events of the future says that we're all going to be there together. We may leave at different times. But we'll all get there together. We'll get to the same place together. And Jesus said, I'm going and preparing a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you will be also. So not only will you and I and the Apostle Paul be there together, 
But you and I and the Lord Jesus Christ will be there together. And so, boy, I tell you, that's some events we need to look forward to. So we ought to be thanking God for our future. I, I think it's just fine to say, Jesus, thank you for heaven. Thank you for what heaven is. Thank you for those who are already in heaven. And thank you that you're preparing a place for me in heaven. So the next time I say, hey, anybody want to stand up and testify? It's all right if you stand up and say, hey, Jesus, thank you for heaven. I just want to thank God for heaven. It's my future. And then finally, if you look at verse 15, there's thanking God for his favor. God's just good to us. I, I don't know how to say it any other way, but God is good. And God in his goodness shows us favor. Now, look, I know that's what it has to be because I can look, I, I take some self evaluation time, uh, maybe not as much as I ought to, but when I do that, I'm looking at myself and I'm saying, <laughs> it's, it's just because of who God is. It's because of his favor. Because in this introspection, I hadn't found anything very much to be favorable <laughs> except knowing Jesus Christ, his favor. He shows us that kind of favor. I want you to look at verse 15 because Paul talks about the scope of his favor. How big is God's favor? How large is it? And he says in verse 15, for all things are for your sakes. In other words, it's, it's all favor. Every heartbeat that we have is from the favor of God. Every breath that we take is from God's favor. Everything that you and I experience being here this morning is because of the favor of God. All things are for your sake. In other words, everything that happens to us that comes into our life that we're a part or connected to or experience in any way, God is working all that for our good. I'll be honest with you, it doesn't always feel good. And at certain times, it doesn't always seem good. Some of you, as well as myself, we're lamenting our present circumstances as a nation. I know that. And we're saying, how could God let us down? God hadn't let us down. This is favor. <laughs> so if this is favor, I don't know how much I want. No, you do. Trust me, you want God's favor. You really do. And we'll see how it is sometime down the road. But it's God's favor. All things, for all things are for your sakes. Uh, and, and then he goes on, and, and not, not only does he talk about the scope of this favor, but he talks about the spreading of his favor. He says that grace being spread through the many. So what, what should we do with the knowledge of the favor of God? Well, to spread it. It's, it's God's grace. It's worth sharing. It's worth... Acting toward others because we've been favored by God. Ever thought about that? Should I treat, how should I treat other people? How about the way Jesus treats us? Be a good starting place. <laughs> but how hard is that? It's really hard, isn't it? To show other people the same kind of favor that God shows us. But you know what happens when we spread His favor? There's this spontaneous response to that spreading of his favor. Do you know what that is? Thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. That's it. 
That's the spontaneous response to the favor of God. When God shows us favor, how do we respond? When God just blesses you really good, how do you respond? Thank you, Jesus. We're overwhelmed. We're taken back. We step back in a sense of awe when God really pours on His grace. And we respond to His grace, to His favor, by worshiping Him. By giving Him glory and thanksgiving. Thanking Him for His glory and how it abounds. That's the spontaneous response. But you know, as we spread that to other people, then we become an agent of His grace. I like that, don't you? Well, let me tell you, Paul calls it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we become an ambassador of His grace. Representing God through His grace. It's pretty amazing that God will call you and I to something. Wonderful ministry like being his ambassador, his agents of grace. Because when we do that, then we are the recipients of blessings because we see the response that other people have. Help somebody out and see how they respond. Bless somebody by showing them Christ's love and see how they respond. It's so spontaneous. Grace. We've got so much to be thankful for just knowing God's grace. Bow with me if you would and we're going to pray. Lord Jesus, we are so, so very thankful today for your grace. Thank you for the times in our lives when we can extend grace to other people. When we can show them the love of Jesus Christ just because we thought about Him. Just because we acknowledge them sometimes. Just because we reached out in an expression of love and kindness to them. Such a blessing. Lord, thank you that our faith in you is, is common. That our faith in you is common in the sense that we all share it. But it's uncommon in the sense that it's prompted by your grace. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Lord, thank you for that today. Thank you for everyone who's here this morning, Lord. Thank you for the time that we spend together as a church family. Pray your blessings, Father, on these here and those who, Father, for many reasons just can't be here this morning. Lord, we pray that you'll bless them also. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm going to invite you this morning, if you would, to stand and as we stand together, uh, you know, God is so good. I bet if I ask you guys to share, I'm not going to. Now. But probably you'd have so many things to be thankful for. That's the power of the Word of God as we get into it and begin to look at it. Maybe you're here this morning and uh, you want to trust Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You've never believed on Him as your personal Lord and Savior. You're just not sure this morning. The wonderful grace of God, the Bible says, will receive you. He'll forgive you through His grace. And He'll make you His child this morning. How wonderful that is. Maybe today it seems like in your life that it, it's that Friday. It's one of those Fridays, kind of like what Jesus was having. You just feel overburdened. You feel like you're being crushed. 
you feel confused, you don't understand. But let me just say to you, there's grace. There is grace. And that grace is sufficient for whatever you're going through today. Maybe this morning you just want to come right here to this altar. And just in faith, lay those burdens down. Ask God for that extra measure of grace that you need for where you are today. I promise you that God loves you and He'll share that grace with you today. Might be other things, other decisions, other people that you might want to come and pray for or about today. You can do that also. But we're going to sing a verse or so of our invitation. Thank you guys for coming. And it's just an opportunity for us to spend a little bit more time in a little bit of a different way. So you come this morning.